listening to The Burn. Gaming stuff, blazing fast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Burn, a podcast about gaming done blazing fast. I am Aviv Manoach. And I am Omer Kaplan. It's a new week. It's a new day. It's almost a new month. It's not a new week. We are on, on Wednesday. Uh, I lost all track of time. <laughs> but it's, so it's, and it's, it's, it's not even a new month, but it's getting no, close. No, th- th- tomorrow is the start of a new month. That's, that's fine. But you totally like, we are in the middle of the week. <laughs> yes. We're actually in the dead, dead center of the week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, so it's not... How, yeah. How's it going? How's life? How's everything? Uh, it's actually a short week for us because uh, the, the beginning of the week was uh, Yom Kippur. And uh, so we are only working three days this week. Oh, and, that's uh, nice. Yeah, I, I had to explain to my uh, community in Stream Elements, the, on the, the community support team, what is Yom Kippur and why aren't we working? And I got into a conversation with one of my friends from the community and I like told him the things that are not open in Israel because of this quote-unquote holiday. And uh, yeah, it, it's funny. It's, it's very amusing where you don't live here. Yeah, yeah, people are always surprised that you know, the fasting they know from like Ramadan and things, but the no driving, no nothing, just yes. you know, stay home. No Netflix. nothing, exactly. Uh, and and the, the weirder thing is that people that live in Israel forget every year that they don't have things like VOD in tele- in, in their cable TV- television. Yeah, I how how I can have, you forget that? Yeah. Well, fast forward a couple of years, nobody will have cable TV, but, you know, super old people. And... Okay, okay. Let, let me tell you something. There are new companies that do um, over-the-internet TV services, hmm. and they are not obligated to block anything by law, unlike the terrestrial cable and the satellite uh, uh, companies, mm-hmm. and they choose to do it anyway. Yeah, they, I don't know, but I, they I don't think block they're getting their money. services on Yom Kippur just because no one is forcing them to do it. Yeah, that, that is, it's, it's, I don't know, it's like some online game company would block their game because of the, some holidays. It's, it's like uh, websites that uh, block themselves on the, on the Sabbath, for example. There are those things. Yes. But I mean, for like certain communities, like not, I, I yes, like, not, not for the not general a... audience. You're, you're correct. Exactly. Um, anyway, um, my, my uh, hatred toward uh, my country aside, uh, we are uh, the burn, uh, a podcast about uh, gaming. Uh, each episode it was a of pretty, the sh- this was a pretty good burn, though. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, each episode of the show, we discuss a game that uh, we, we like. Uh, um, in this case like a lot and both of us played it and uh, some uh, news topic that in this case is not current news it's old news but very close to my heart uh, so we'll get to that later uh, since it's your turn to do the topic I'll let you start and tell you all the things you're wrong about like always <laughs> awesome okay so i think let's i think just because we both play the game and it's so good i think we're just gonna deal like duo the thing so we'll just you know, 
do it together in great harmony and praises. So I played, I mean, because of your recommendation, you said, well, you know, I'm going to play Hades for the Switch. It's pretty good. I like it in handheld mode. And yeah, I was like, okay, well, I always, like, this game was always on my site. So when you told me you got it for the Switch and it's fine in handheld mode, I went to YouTube, I looked at some gameplay, and I was like, yeah, it seems nice. I mean, you know, it seems like very fluid. The combat seems cool. And then the thing that really sold me on the game is that I just turned on the soundtrack as I was like coding and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, it's like the best soundtrack I've heard in a really, really long time. And I think we talked about it in the Hebrew podcast. You want to sell me a game, just give me a good soundtrack. So this was amazing. It was kind of like oriental metal guitarish music. I was like, it's, okay, I'm so- It's symphonic metal, which is my favorite genre of music in the world. Oh, nice. So cool. So I'm, I'm a big fan as well. So I immediately went ahead and got it, and oh my god! So I so I wrote in the show notes if nothing comes out this year that is super insane. I I, I was certain Animal Crossing is gonna be my game of the year for this year, but it is for, for the Switch takes it like by landslide. It's, <laughs> this game is just so 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 good. From I I don't know I, I you know I, I I'm gonna let you talk about all the cool game designy stuff. But just from like an experience perspective, it's—I mean—it's really hard to get a really good narrative into just comparing it to like Dead Cells or Children of Morta, which is which they do a really good job in this as well. But getting a narrative into a roguelike-ish game—it's so hard because you're really focused on the gameplay. But they—they they have the narrative, they have the soundtrack, they—they they have all the cool mechanics I like about the game. Bless you. Um, and then look at you like big streamer just buy a cough button or something um, i muted my my microphone i don't know how you heard it but anyways oh because uh, uh, i you he, you you hear me through discord and not the voice meter anyway don't oh got you anyway so yeah cut that in editing anyway it's uh, so so like everything about this game is like so good and it it's just hard enough for me to keep playing it and not you know be like frustrated like dead cells because it's like super hard even though they have like easier mode now um that's has easier mode they have yeah they have some game mode that it's i i, I forget the name but it's like it's not, it's easy mode or casual mode or something it's like it's very it's for the switch at least it's fairly recent and it's substantially easier now so that's kind of okay. cool so i played a little bit of that but yeah, so Hades, just everything about it is super, super amazing. Um, is there like a specific, like cool mechanic thing you want to talk about? Because I can just go on forever. I want to talk about a lot of things. Um, first of all, have you played other Supergiant games before? I played, I think they have Transistor, right? So Transistor is Yes, they pretty. started with, uh, um, I, I forgot the name. That's that's not good. I forgot I forgot the first uh, the, the first game's name, which was the breakout uh, hit and uh, and uh, was amazing and stuff. Uh, but then okay. uh, they have Trans- transistor, which uh, um, is, is oh Bastion, very... yeah, Bastion yes, was Bastion. amazing. Yes, Bastion yeah, is amazing. Really good. And they then di- they did the transistor, which uh, was well received, but not uh, a big of a hit. And then there was Pyre that was even less of a hit than that. Yeah, Pyre, I didn't play that, but... 
But nice. uh, according to a friend of the show, Eran uh, Aviram, he says it uh, was the best game uh, Supergiant ever made before Hades. Uh, I don't know if he, he played Hades since. Um, and then they have Hades, which they did a couple of different things. First of all, they did uh, early access, very public early access. They were... Uh, a launch title for the Epic Game Store. If you go and listen yes. to the Noclip um, documentary series, they follow the process of the early access from the launch on the Epic Game Store until, well, the launch launch. And uh, when Epic announced the store, uh, Supergiant also announced uh, Hades. So they did early access, uh, which they haven't done before. They did a roguelike game which was a very big departure from the previous games, but also not so much as, like, I think it's one of the best story-based roguelikes uh, ever made. Like, Chino Mota comes close, but yeah, it's, it's uh, also, close. also have uh, 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 the same type of, uh, of narrator <laughs> that uh, yes. Superjet uh, games are known for. Yeah, they had it in Bastion, and they had it, yeah, they, they keep yeah. using it, but it's, it's still good, though. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, and um, I wasn't really excited about it before I watched the documentary, and then I waited for the release, and on release, I bought it for the Switch, and it was amazing. Um, I will tell you something. Having to hear all the Greek characters names in English messes with my mind because we we are so used to the uh, Greek slash Hebrew pronunciation which is like mm. the original and then you hear all the uh, English mispronunciations of those uh, of those names and then I talk to people about the game and I can't I, I'm trying to remember how you write the names properly and not the Americanized version of them. Yeah, I I had it. Yeah, I had it with. Uh, I I had some of those. I forget like which characters at least, but some of them like are pretty close, and some of them are like straight up mispronunciation. So I was like, oh, I. Yeah, this was this was kind of like. Well, yeah, like in, less immersive. In, but, in Hebrew, yeah. we said Hades and not Hades, and. Um, what else? Nyx is Nyx. Nyx is no different. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Hypnosis is Hypnos. Hypnosis is Hypnos. Uh, Achilles is Achilles, but same thing. Um, all the Greek gods are very much the same, like Zeus, Zeus. It's a, it's a little thing. But uh, then you have things like Theseus, which is totally different to Zeus. Uh, this mm-hmm. this is the Hebrew part of the uh, bur- the burn podcast. Uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, it was yeah, just a, a, a yeah, nitpicking like thing. <laughs> it's like free Hebrew lessons. Yes, um, but uh, the the most the strike the most striking thing about this game is the size of Supergiant games. They had moderate success with all the games, but they didn't expand the team. They are like eight people. And the reason they make such good games is because they have such talented people there. Like, um, their Gen Z, the art director, makes all the art. She, she like, draws all the characters and That's all the, the stages. And then they have technical artists that takes her, uh, her heart 
and uh, make it in, into the game. All the sound, all the, all the music in the game is made by one person, which is th- the most talented person I've ever heard. And he also voice acts half the game. Like <laughs> half the character of the game is the work of a single person. And, and then there is Logan Cunningham, which is the other voice actor, which is, which is best known for the uh, narrator in Bastion, for example. And then they have uh, some other uh, uh, few people do like uh, um, woman voice acting and stuff like that. But it's such, it's such a striking thing that they have those talented people working on, on this game. And uh, it really shows. And yeah, and um, things to talk about in the game. I played so far, I think, uh, around 25 hours. I, I'll, I'll uh, know um, tomorrow since uh, it will be a new month and Switch will send me the, the monthly summary. So uh, I will uh, be able to see all <laughs> my hours condensed. Because right now it's, uh, it's showing me I played five hours on this day and two hours on this day and stuff like that. So about 25 hours, I switched to God mode um, halfway through. Uh, I, I, got to, I got to Hades uh, once on normal. Uh, obviously, didn't uh, didn't beat him. But the thing is, because of the story element of the game, you need to beat Hades like 10 plus times in order to uh, see all the story. And I know I, I won't be able to do it. Uh, on on normal, so I turn on God mode. God mode is a, is a, a mode you can turn on in in settings. Uh, it's not a difficulty uh, setting like in other game. You don't need to start a new game for it. Although I did because I wanted to keep the save file separate. Uh, and you can turn it on and off whenever you like, and you keep the benefit if you turn it off. So, for example, if you get uh, in God mode, you get a, a, a damage reduction percentile. And uh, mm-hmm. so you start with twenty percent, and you get two uh, percent every time you die, and then you can turn it off and just stay with the damage reaction you got. So if you have, you, if you are on fifty percent, and you think the game is is f- um, fine for your level of skill, you can turn it off and stay like that. Um, or I, I is, don't know. This is like super super generous of them. Just yep. like have this setting. You can adjust the game according to like level of play, how much time you have, if you want to run through the story, if you just want to like enjoy the experience. This is great. Yeah, and it's it's a totally uh, elegant solution to a difficulty uh, level since they don't change anything else about the game. They don't change the damage you do. They don't change the amount of HP um, mobs have. They don't change any other thing. They just make it easier for you uh, the the, the quote-unquote, worse you are. <laughs> Since yeah. the main mechanic of the game is dying, and that's what progressed the story, that's what progressed uh, uh, your other things, um, it, it ties into that. So I'm on Godmo now. I'm on 42% damage reduction, something like that. I got to Hades three times. I'm now in the stage that I, I, I consistently... Uh, managed to go through all Elysium. On my normal run, I would uh, beat uh, the Bone the Bone Hydra um, every time, no no challenge. 
uh, oh, mostly no challenge. And then I get to Elysium and it's like a huge difficulty spike. But now with God mm -hmm. Mode, um, Elysium, I, I can get to the end of Elysium uh, pretty, uh, pretty much every time and then do the uh, boss, uh, boss fight there, uh, which is... Um, I I can tell by the by the rest of Elysium if I have a, a good enough build to beat the boss fight, and sometimes I will beat it by you, but use all my all of my resources, and sometimes it will be very easy. Uh, funnily enough, I I beat the I got to Hades twice with the gloves, which is my least favorite weapon because what? I hate. Because I yeah, hate like, close quarter like the, combat. Yeah, you like the bow or the spear, right? Exactly. Like exactly. I like I like the bow. I like the gun, and I like the spear. <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah the no I I am all about so give me the gloves, give me the like the spear, like you know the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. But then I discovered that the shield can actually block damage. Oh, which yeah. is amazing so uh, and you also there is a uh, an upgrade for the shield that uh, makes the special uh, float around <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, so you you can uh, um, fire your special and then just stand there and block and if you have uh, a lot of upgrades to your special it's uh, it's really nice um i would also say that the one of the things that make hades a, a very good roguelite for me is that there is a, a very large emphasis of of uh, um, wide progression not only deep progression what i mean by that is that you collect a lot of resources that stay with you from run to run um, unlike something like dead cells dead cells you have a resource that you need to uh, progress from between runs but the uh, condition of collecting it is very difficult. You need to pass mm -hmm. the entire area and the boss before you can uh, spend your cells. And if you don't manage to do it, you lose everything. In Hades, you don't lose anything beside the gold that you need to spend on each run. You keep all your darkness, you keep all your uh, gems, um, all, all the, the um, companion gifts and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this is pretty cool. This is just like just a matter of you know gameplay resources to keep you going through another run and not you know just spend half an hour going through a really difficult run just to lose all your resources and so exactly. this is this this is what keeps me like going and playing. I think it's like pretty similar to Children's of Morta in this sense or yep. game or games like um, Moonlighter where you collect stuff, you can you know go back. You don't actually you know you have a um, it's really like Moonlighter Moonlight adds the the added uh, mechanic that you need to choose when to stop because yes. you are you risk losing all your things if you won't stop at uh, at the appropriate time. Hades yeah, just like, gives you for, everything. Yes. <laughs> and uh, really, and really yes, nice there, there are times that uh, I I will do uh, a resource run. And just pick uh, the buffs and the weapon. I, I want to just get more things, and I will just play and see how far I can go and how many darkness and and whatever I can collect before uh, before going back. Yeah. So 
Is it is is it your game of the year for the Switch? Uh, I don't know what else came out this year. I don't remember what I've been playing. <laughs> I, mm. uh, <laughs> since I bought it's, it's, a PlayStation in like April, um, I don't, I didn't play a lot on the Switch. So maybe it's my game of the year <laughs> because I didn't play anything else beside uh, beside Animal Crossing, and that of course is not my game of the year. Did yeah. Pokemon yeah, came it. out this year? I think Sword and Shield was this year. I'm not sure. We talked about it in the podcast, but I don't remember when. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, uh, I know. So it's, that, it's no it was, uh, yeah, it was last year. Okay. So, yeah, since it's the only current good game I played on the Switch, it's my game of the year by default. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Animal Crossing came really close to for me uh, just because I think it was a matter of timing because it was released just as the pandemic was a big deal. Like, it's still a big deal, right? But it was like at a really like beginning when everything was like super chaotic and it kind of gave me like an island to grow and hang out with people with no mask on, you know, and, you know, have all those cute NPCs to comfort me. So Animal Crossing won't even reach the top 10 of my entire year. Yeah, I was, I don't know. It was pretty, it was pretty good. Uh, I still play it every now and then. There's a big like Halloween update coming today. So... I might install it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so for me, it's like, hey, this on the Switch all day, every day. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, once you collect all the weapons, you also find out there is an upgrade system and different variation for each weapon. So for yes. the for the God Mode save, I went straight for the uh, K-Ron um, bow aspect, which makes your special uh, Seeker arrows, which hmm. is the best That's thing cool. ever. And uh, you also you you also can do things like like caster run. You can choose the weapon you least like, or that gives you plus twenty percent uh, darkness uh, in that run. And then you choose all the boons that go on your dash, on your cast, on your coal, uh, on uh, revenge uh, getting hit and stuff like that. You can totally do a casting run without buffing anything in your rep- weapon, mm. and it's viable. You know, I like I hardly use my cast ever. Is it like is it worth it? I just I'm so busy. Like it depends what you get. And... It totally depends what you get. Uh, sometimes I get really good cast. For example, uh, if you get Poseidon uh, cast, it uh, it um, it makes uh, it has a pushback, and then you can get another upgrade called Rapture that also uh, gets them to take damage when they move, and then there is another upgrade that. Uh, gives extra damage when they hit uh, obstacles. Uh, if you didn't know, the game is actually mm. um, a, a system where if you push enemies to uh, to a wall or to a column, uh, it deals damage to them. So if you get Poseidon stuff, it's, it all involves pushing around and you can get extra damage for that. So in the Temple of Sticks, the, the last uh, uh, floor, it, it has very tiny rooms. And I had the cast with all the upgrades from Poseidon, and I just enter a room, do three casts, everyone dead. Hmm, just everyone cool. dies instantly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah so, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that far out yet, but I'm hacking my way through, so we'll get there. Yep. 
Okay, uh, let's move on to the topic for a few minutes and uh, I will tell a nice story. Um, yeah, tell me a story. I, I will tell you a story. Yes, uh, a, couple of weeks, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, Baldur's Gate 2 Shadow of Amd celebrated the 20 year anniversary. Oh my God, we're so old. Um, you're old. I'm uh, just fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's great being old. I've been old since I was... 16 but you know <laughs> and um and anyway um i, I would have I, I wouldn't have even noticed that that it was a thing since i don't really remember when games came out but uh vice um released an article celebrating the the occasion and talked about how uh Gate 2 was really one of the first major games to give player meaningful uh, choices and how it mm-hmm. affected um, other games of its time and that's all well and good that's totally totally valid uh, but the thing that that really um, touched with me is the realization that with the 20 years anniversary of Battlegate 2 I'm also uh, celebrating 20 years um, with the tabletop role-playing game hobby and hmm. the, the story goes that while I was 13 and I was really into um, fantasy and sci-fi books. And for some reason, I don't know why, um, I, I, I don't remember anyone telling me this. I, um, it, it was connecting in my mind between fantasy books and role-playing games. And I didn't know what a role-playing game was, but I went... Uh, it, th- this was uh, uh, the year 2000. We already have broadband internet. And I went and searched for uh, um, role-playing games. And I... Uh, <laughs> this this uh, will hit with you. Uh, I, uh, th- th- it, it wasn't Google at the time. I went on Gamer and mm. looked for articles. Yeah, you know what's going on. That's good. <laughs> you know where the good stuff in the internet is. Uh, the funny thing is that on gamers forums, uh, there was a, a big war between um, fans of Diablo 2 and fans of Baldur's Gate 2. Like, both parties wouldn't acknowledge the others as an actual yeah, role-playing I can, game. I can, va- I can vaguely remember that. <laughs> And I, I didn't play Diablo 2 uh, until a couple of years later. I didn't know what, what it was. So I was firmly in the Baldur's Gate 2 uh, a camp. But wh- anyway, I found uh, I found an article about this role-playing game called Baldur's Gate 2 that was supposed to be released at the time. And I went and, buy it and bought it. And um, games back then came with a manual, an uh, actual physical manual. And in the Baldur's Gate 2 manual, there were the actual Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition rules. Some of them, anyway, what you needed to know to play the game. And I read all of that, and then I went and looked on the internet again and searched for what the heck was AD&D. And that's how I discovered tabletop role-playing games. Oh, that's that's a good, that's a cool story. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I... I, 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 at the time I was playing AD&D and late, I mean, later on, so I was really like into AD&D later on, people told me that it's one of the worst systems that came out, but I was like, well, this is what I knew. 
And then all my friends grew out of it and I just stayed with the rule book. So it's like DM without, a, with it, I was a DM without a group. If you so. still have the rule book, it's worth a lot of money now. <laughs> no, I had, I had the Hebrew edition though. So I wonder. That's worth even more money now. Oh, no, I, 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 I had, I had this, I had all the like original D and D like kits. Remember they came in boxes of books. And so I had the, all the, the other boxes. I had like, I had like the starter edition, the advanced, like I, I even remember the colors. It was like, I think it was like five boxes. So, but my tragedy is that I was always DMing because none of my friends wanted to DM. So, and I was like good in telling stories, but I never in my life played D&D as a player. I always liked the end, so. Well, you're welcome to, to join one of my uh, Dungeon World groups and, and play your heart. Cool, I might take you up on that. We'll see. So yeah, uh, another than um, getting me into tabletop games, Battlegate 2 was one of my favorite games for a long time. Um, Tyranny uh, surpassed it as, uh, as far as I'm concerned <laughs> a few years ago. I think it's a better game since, well, we progress with time. Um, uh, Battlegate 2 was also one of the of the games at the time that I, I could actually beat because it was a game of its time. It was difficult even when you lower the difficulty. And um, unlike things like uh, um, Command and & Conquer and StarCraft and stuff, which I just used cheats, uh, Buzzgate had um, the uh, character uh, editor. So uh, by total accident, I found that there was in the game file uh, a weapon that uh, gives you like permanent haste and like f- uh, giant crit numbers. And, and basically, if you, if you equipped this weapon on a character, you can one shot any boss in the game. Um, so I just made sure I had this weapon in my inventory and when I got to a, a fight that was too tough, I just used it and, and passed it. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. They probably use it for testing or something. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I played this game like seven times with different characters. Obviously, I didn't finish uh, for seven times. I finished it like twice. And uh, I also bought it in like five different version along the years like i had the original box version then i bought uh, an infinity uh, an infinity engine uh, box set from uh, black isle that had buzzgate 1 2 uh, fallout 1 and 2 and icewind dale i think um, i don't i don't remember if it had planescape or not and then a couple of years later i bought the game in a dvd version since the, it originally came on like eight cd roms and then I also bought it di- digitally on GNG and the definitive edition and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think it's it's the game that I bought the <laughs> the most times over the years. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember playing it on a modern on a modern system, but no, I didn't I, touch I, it uh, uh, since then. I, I didn't yeah, really I, I didn't actually play any of the digital digital version of it, but uh, it it's. But it's one of the only games that give me give me nostalgia. Yeah, uh, and I, I think usually... it, and it, and you could like character romance in there too, right? Yes, that's one. Uh, that yeah. was yeah. one of the first uh, Bioware romancing games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's... and uh, and unlike uh, newer games, if you romanced people that 
uh, didn't like being in the party with other people. They could live permanently and stuff. It was really, really difficult things in the... You, you can even get one of the uh, characters pregnant and she had yeah, a baby. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like Animal Crossing and Fantasy Game combined. People just leave your island, they don't come back, they just don't let you know, they don't like it. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it, that's it. That's all we have on the show today. Uh, We've we gone over by a few minutes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, hosting with me, Omer. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, as always, and doing all the recording and stuff. Yeah, uh, you can find us online on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Icel and Omer is at Omer Kaplan. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, comment and leave your reviews on your preferred listening app. You can find them all on the Born, the Born, the Jason Born, no, the Born. Uh, the the Live. that's the website. And our team was created by Anne Durko and vocals by Fishy Twitch, both on Twitter. Find them there. That's it. We're done. All right. Till next time. Yeah. See you next time. Goodbye.